Good morning. Oh, we're sleeping. Good morning. Uh, I'm going to show you a video of just kind of an intro for our VBS. Uh, if you've worked in our child care over the summer, uh, I'm sure it looks a little bit familiar because the VBS is actually a companion uh, for our uh, curriculum that we use with our kids. So I'm going to show you the video if it works for me here. a demonstration of Wirecast. going to be doing a VBS here at Oakwood over the next week, and we are very excited that we get the opportunity to hang out with the kids here at Oakwood, but we're also hoping uh, that we are going to be able to get some people from the community involved here at Oakwood. Uh, So if you want to still invite friends, bring friends, uh, I would encourage you guys to do so. Now, I'm going to accuse the church of something, and you're just going to have to take it because none of you have microphones. Is that okay? This is a demonstration of Wirecast. We do things a little bit last minute here at Oakwood, so here's what I'm doing for you. Can we say, yeah, we do like to do things last minute? Okay, all right. Yes, there's a few honest people in the group, and I appreciate you. If you take your phone and you want to sign up your kid, and you're thinking, wow, Pastor Ben is just really good looking, and I think that we should do this because VBS sounds fun, you can take your phone, you can use your camera app, and you can scan what is on the screen right now and sign your kid up as we speak. So if that's something that you've been meaning to do and you haven't done, I would just like to give this you guys the opportunity. This is a demonstration of Wirecast. For just a, a few minutes. Uh, we do have a good number of kids already signed up and we're excited uh, about that, but we just want to make sure we give you guys that opportunity also. Uh, this is my first VBS that I will be officially in charge of, but I have my sweet wife uh, who's going to be tagging along with me, helping me out, and she's done quite a few of these. Uh, we are very excited. Uh, I do want to give you guys an opportunity to understand a little bit about who I am and who my family is, uh, just in case you're looking at the stage and you're like, that doesn't look like Pastor Don. This is a demonstration of Wirecast. We, uh, my name is Pastor Ben. I am the youth pastor here at Oakwood Community Church, and all that that really means is I get to work with our middle school, our high school, and our college age kids, 18 to 25-ish college-age kids. Uh, And that means that I get to be the youth pastor here, and I just want to start by saying thank you to you as a church, uh, because it's you guys and your generous giving that allows me and my family to be here and to do that sustainably. And we just want to say that we're thankful for you as a church. We're thankful uh, for the this sacrifice is that it is to, to of be a part of a church community. And we just want to say thank you because we are so humbled by the opportunity that we get to be here and we get to love on the kids here at Oakwood. So thank you so much for that. Uh, now, I do want to give you guys a little opportunity to see my uh, sweet baby. Now, everybody say, oh, yes. This is Noah Ross Elliott. Um, he is, uh, I don't even know. I, would, I don't know what I would to say about him at this point. When he smiles, it melts my little heart. Uh, I've cried more in the this last three months than I think I have in my entire life before that. Um, and I just, I, I'm such a proud dad. So if at any point today you're like, Pastor Ben, we want to see the baby again, I'll put him back up on the screen, I promise. <laughs> 
Uh, but he is so cute, and I thought that it was going to be a while before I would have to start apologizing for him. Uh, but as a true pastor's kid, a couple weeks ago at church, uh, Pastor Don was making a great point, uh, and he got really silent because it was a, a very serious point that he was making in our series, uh, Elephant in the Room. And just as Pastor Don this got This is a quiet, demonstration of Wirecast. I've ever heard him do, right in the middle of the silence. So I already need to start apologizing for the pastor's kid. Uh, I'm so sorry. And poor Noah, he's got a lifetime uh, of a dad who's going to be on stage telling stories about him. So if you would, just pray for him uh, whenever you get the chance. Uh, On the right over there is my sweet, lovely wife. That is Kylie. Uh, If you see her around, make sure you say hello to her. Uh, She is 100% the best half of our relationship. Uh, She's probably like, I don't know, 65% of the relationship. This is a demonstration of Wirecast. We've been married for three whole years, and she has to deal with me every single day. You guys just get me for like an hour once a week, and you're like, that's enough. That's totally enough for us. But my sweet wife deals with me every single day. So if you would, just pray for her when you think about it. Uh, If there's something that happens or I annoy you at some point, uh, just pray for my sweet wife, because she is really the better half of us. Any husbands who want to admit and say, yep, my wife is probably the better half? Okay, yep. All right, if your hand's not up, you're in trouble. Uh, this is a demonstration we, we were, of Wirecast. Uh, we Disney World a couple weeks ago, uh, and our sweet baby was there in front of the Winnie the Pooh ride, so that's what that picture is there. And then this is our sweet dog, Moses. Uh, anybody have a furry friend at home? Yep. Now, this is Moses. Uh, if you ever get a chance to meet Moses, he loves snuggles, and he loves to lick your ear. So I'm sorry, that's just who he is as a dog, um, but we love him, and he's been a great companion for us as well. So that's our sweet little family. Uh, you got the dad, who's the you know, best-looking person in the room always. This uh, you have is the a sweet demonstration mom, of baby, Wirecast. We have a great puppy as well. Uh, that's who we are. Um, we're pretty simple people. Uh, we try not to get into trouble a whole lot, but that's, that's my family. We love you. I do want to take a second, just as we get started uh, this morning, to say thank you to a very specific group of people. Uh, And these people might just look like a random list of names, uh, but these are the people at Oakwood who make our student ministries happen. This is a demonstration Uh, of Wirecast. If this looks like a random list of names, uh, I would encourage you to go and seek these people out because these people are one of the best groups of servants that I have ever worked with, and I absolutely love them to death. And I just want to say thank you to these people, because literally my job would be impossible if I didn't have them to work alongside me. These are our servants who work with us each week. Uh, They sacrifice their time. Uh, They sacrifice their mental health sometimes. Uh, They sacrifice a lot to be with us. This is a demonstration of Wirecast. Uh, so I just want to say thank you to Matt, Kylie, Becca, Anna, or Anne, Nina, Lindsay, Sid, Rusty, Shane, Cole, uh, and just all of the people who make uh, a, Sunday, a Sunday evening happen. And if you would, would you just give them a round of applause? Thank you. <laughs> this morning, my friends, we're going to be diving into the book of Job. Uh, but let's just pray as we This jump is a demonstration of Wirecast. Thank you for the opportunity we have to be here. Uh, we thank you for uh, the ability to gather as a church. We thank you for what it means that we get to be Christians and to follow you, Father. And today, as we take a time to go through the book of Job, to look at some of the lessons that the book of Job has for us, we just would ask that you would open our heart to a new message. Uh, that in the midst of pain, and suffering, you would help us to rely on you. This and not is on a demonstration of Wirecast. Father, we pray these things in your Son's holy name. Amen. So, as we start this morning, I just want to share with you guys the journey that I've been on over the last three months or so, because I hope it'll put us in a good position uh, to look at the book of Job this morning. Over the last three or so months, uh, I've felt that in my time with God, there's been a little bit of a disconnect when I'm trying to have intimacy with God, when I'm trying to uh, be this in my quiet time. This is a demonstration God, of Wirecast. Engage God through Scripture and through prayer. I-, I felt like there was almost like a wall or a separation between me and God. 
And, and this was something that I, I was aware of, but I wasn't quite sure where this barrier was coming from. I wasn't quite sure why I felt the way I did. So I, I started to just examine my life and think through, okay, Ben, I, I don't know, quite know why, why there's this separation between me and God seemingly, but what might this that be? This is a demonstration of so Wirecast. I started to examine my life, and I thought, well, maybe there's a, a sin issue that's causing me to uh, have a lack of intimacy with God. Maybe there's a sin in my life that I haven't fully understood and recognized, and I haven't been able to fully experience the God the way he wants me to because of that sin in my life. I thought, okay, maybe uh, this barrier, maybe this divide is because of a lack of effort, right? Maybe it's just I haven't given 110%, and I haven't uh, woken up early every day to do of it. And I haven't engaged God with all my heart and all my mind and all my soul in the way that uh, hopefully I would. Maybe, maybe that would be the reason why there's this, this barrier, this kind of divide. Maybe it's just that I have a three-month-old now, uh, and life is crazy all the time, and it feels like someone's always screaming, and someone always has uh, a dirty diaper, and I'm not pointing any fingers, but someone hasn't been able to get a full night of sleep in a really long time. Maybe that was the reason for this seeming uh, lack of intimacy. This is a demonstration of Wirecast. Maybe it's just the fact that life is always busy. And as I come into summer, I was thinking it was going to slow down, but in fact, it actually just picks up, and I don't know. Maybe it's just the busyness of life. And always, my humble self, I say, maybe it's just my extremely good looks. Uh, maybe, that's, maybe that's what's doing it. You guys are like, wow, that's three good-looking jokes. Maybe he'll stop. <laughs> so the last three months, I've really been on kind of a journey trying to figure this out what is a demonstration is going on of Wirecast. Why do I feel this seeming disconnect? Why do I feel like when I go to God, I'm not fully experiencing everything he wants me to experience in our time together? And after an honest look and an honest understanding, an honest uh, evaluation of where I'm at with God, I came to one simple and yet very confusing conclusion. And that was simply that I was angry with God. This is a demonstration and, and a of Wirecast. Because if I was just surface level thinking about it, there was not a single reason where I could say, you know, I, I'm angry with God because of this, or I'm, I'm angry with God because I stub my toe all the time, or I'm angry with God for X, Y, or Z. And it really took some deeper digging for me to start to uncover why maybe I was angry with God. And what's interesting is my anger with God has started to manifest itself in some ways that I didn't necessarily think that it would, some ways that I wasn't necessarily expecting it to. This is a demonstration of Wirecast. I started to a little bit easier in situations where I shouldn't. I started to treat people a little bit differently because of the way that I was feeling with God. I started to just act differently. I started to feel some resentment towards things that shouldn't matter as much as I was making them out to be. And I started to ask myself, where is this anger that I'm feeling with God coming from? And over the last several weeks, I've been able to sit down and start to think back uh, on the last three and a half years of ministry. This is a demonstration of Wirecast. And I think I'm finally starting to understand where some of this anger and resentment towards God is coming from. And I want to share this with you this morning, but my hope is that you would start to think in your own life. I, I don't know if you're angry with God right now. I certainly hope not. Uh, but if you are, I would just start to ask you to search your own heart. Is, what is that reason maybe for you? What is that reason maybe that you feel like there's maybe some anger with God or maybe some resentment with God? Hopefully, uh, you might be able to resonate with that this morning. This is a demonstration of Wirecast. If I look back two years ago, we had the start of the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, and we as a church experienced a lot. We as a country experienced a lot, and for me, uh, it was tough to see people in the world be sick. It was tough for me to see people that we loved pass away. It was really tough for me as a pastor to try to minister in, in a place where our country was just so darn divided in, in a way that I haven't seen this in my This is a demonstration life. of Wirecast. And unfortunately, we saw certain people at the church walk away during this time for different reasons. And it was incredibly difficult for me as a pastor to minister in a church 
that in some aspects felt divided. So as I began this honest uh, evaluation, that became clear that it was starting to weigh on my heart. And then if we look in the news over this, the last two years, it feels like every time uh, I look at my phone, there's some sort of this unrest This is a in demonstration the world. of Wirecast. Whether it's in the Middle East or whether it's in Europe or whether it's just pick a place on the globe, Asia, uh, Africa. If you open up your phone, you can probably find a headline or a news line about some kind of unrest happening somewhere in the world. And it felt like over the last three years, that whenever I looked at my phone, whenever I turned on the TV, there's just pain and suffering happening in the world around us. And then most recently in November, this is a demonstration of Wirecast. Our own community had an unthinkable tragedy, tragedy as well. And for me, it was a great privilege to work with some of the students who were impacted by that. But as I sit with God and as I think about my own relationship with him, I came to a place where I was just burnt out and angry with the suffering that happens around us. I was burnt out. This is a demonstration of Wirecast. By the idea that suffering and pain happens in the world around us all the time. And the question that I ended up asking God was just, God, why? Why is there so much pain and suffering? Why do we see the people around us get hurt and sick? And I think if we're honest with ourselves, we all ask some of these questions when it comes to pain and this suffering. This is in a the demonstration of Wirecast. We ask, why is suffering happen? We ask, why do bad things happen to good people? We ask, why is pain and loss realities that we have to deal with in the first place? If we're completely honest, we ask, why me or why us? And ultimately, we just ask the question to God of why. This is a demonstration of Wirecast. And I've begun to wrestle with God over the last three weeks, the last four weeks, uh, just asking him, God, why, why have you brought me to this place? Why is there so much pain and suffering that seems to happen all around us on a daily basis? Why, why is this the way that it is? And it's with this perspective that I want us to enter the story of Job this morning. This is a demonstration it's with of this Wirecast. That I want us to enter the story of Job. And we're going to do kind of an overview of the book of Job this morning. Uh, if you have your own Bible or a device, I would ask you to open up there now. Uh, we're going to be jumping around to different parts, so feel free to try to follow along with us. We'll have some scripture uh, on the screens for you to read as well. But as I started to uh, just think through these questions, as I started to really be honest with myself about the anger uh, that I was feeling, I, I found myself drawn to Job. This is a demonstration of Wirecast. So I hope that it will be as <clears throat> encouraging to you guys as it was for me over the last several weeks. As we jump into the book of Job, I want to start with just uh, breaking it down into four major sections. There's the section that we're going to call Heaven. There's a section of Job being confronted by his friends. There's a section where uh, God responds to Job's questioning. And then the last section that I want to talk about is this Job's is a demonstration response of to God's response to him. And hopefully with that framework, we'll be able to kind of look at an overview of the book of Job. Uh, and next week we'll be doing some work in the New Testament and how Job uh, kind of theological implications of Job help us to understand suffering and things in the New Testament. But today we're going to focus specifically in on the book of Job. So in this book, we're introduced to a guy named Job, and this is from Job uh, chapter 1, starting in verse 1. It says this. This is Job a demonstration was a man of and upright. He feared God and shunned evil. He had seven sons, three daughters, and owned 7,000 sheep. 
3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 donkeys. He had a large number of servants, and he was the greatest man among all the people of the East. That's an awesome title, by the way. I'm the greatest man of all the people. His sons used to hold feasts in their homes for their birthdays, and they would invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. When a period of fasting is a demonstration of wirecast, Job would make arrangements for them to be purified. Early in the morning, he would sacrifice a burnt offering for each of them, thinking, perhaps my children have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. This was Job's regular custom. So what I find fascinating is at the start of this story, uh, for those of you who've read it, we know that Job is about to experience a tremendous amount of suffering and pain in his own life. But the story goes out of its way to show us that at the start, Job is this a man is a who demonstration walks with God. Of wirecast. Job is a man who is righteous. Job is a man who pleases God. He's someone that loves God so much that he's even concerned about his children's well-being and his children's upright status with God. So he burns offerings for them as well. And as we start this story, <clears throat> as readers, we're already starting to ask the question, okay, God, this is one of your servants. So hopefully this is a story of how God provides for him and, and takes care of him and makes sure nothing this ever goes wrong with him. This is a demonstration of Wirecast. see where we're going with this. So in this first section of Job, uh, we, we're introduced to this character named Job, and then we're immediately taken into heaven. And we're what looks like almost a courtroom with God sitting around with all of his angels. And this is where we're going to pick up the story in Job uh, chapter 1, verses 6 through 12. It says this, One day the angels came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came with them. The Lord said to Satan, Where have you come from? This is Satan a demonstration of Wirecast. Satan answered the Lord, the earth, going back and forth on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, Well, have you considered my servant Job? There was no one on earth like him. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. Does Job fear God for nothing, Satan replied? Have you not put a hedge around him and his household? Everything he has. You have blessed the work of his hands, and so his flocks and his herds spread throughout the land. This but now, is a stretch out your hand and strike everything cast. he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. The Lord said to Satan, Very well then, everything he has is in your power, but on the man himself do not lay a finger. And this is where the story gets pretty sad for Job. Because he's this man who is righteous. He's this man who is walking with God. He's this man uh, who's kind of a model of what we think a righteous person should be. And ultimately, Satan this inflicts is a terrible things of Wirecast. on him. He loses all of his livestock. He loses uh, his children. He loses his land. He loses what would make him considered to be a wealthy person. And Job's response to this is really interesting. In Job 1, 20 through 22, it's this. It says, At this, Job got up and tore his robe, shaved his head, and he fell to the ground in worship. He said, Naked I come from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord this has taken away. Of May the name cast. of the Lord be praised in all this. Job, Job did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. I hope that in the midst of suffering, our first response would be to fall down and worship. I think if we're honest with ourselves, that's probably not the first thing that we would think of. Uh, if you're like me, it would be kind of defensiveness. If you're like me, it would be trying to reason with my intellect of what's going on here, why is this happening. But Job's first response, and I think this is a really beautiful thing, is he just falls down in worship. This is a demonstration of Wirecast. But Satan isn't satisfied. He, he's taken all of Job's wealth and he goes back to God and he says, you know, Job's only still following you because he's healthy. He's only still following you because his body is functioning uh, the way that it's meant to. If you took away his health, then surely he wouldn't still follow you. So God gives Satan permission to uh, take Job and to give him sores and to make this his body a uh, no longer function the way that it's supposed to. And I think it's really interesting at this point in the story, Satan has attacked 
two areas of Job's life, his wealth and his health. Satan has taken the two things from Job that, if we're honest, most of us base the foundation of our life on. Our wealth and our health. Many of us make the foundation of our life uh, our this income. This is a demonstration Many of Many of us make cast. the foundation of our life our ability to provide. Many of us make the foundation of our life our homes and uh, our cars and our ability to do what we want to do financially. And then the other pillar of our society, the thing that says that should be our foundation is our health. How are we feeling? Is our family healthy? Is our, is our sons and daughters healthy? Is our parents healthy? And I think it's really interesting that at this point in the story, Satan this understands is a demonstration that humans have uh, the instinct to make our foundation on our health and our wealth. And he takes both of those things from Job. And I would challenge you guys just to think through your own life. Where is your foundation placed? Because as we're going to see, if Satan takes your wealth and your health, it becomes really obvious where your foundation is. This is a now the second section of, of this story, after we meet Job and he's tested by Satan and Satan takes his health and his wealth, Job is confronted by his friends. And I want to read from Job 2, verses 11 through 12. Because I think it's a really beautiful thing that his friends do with him to start. And this is what it happens. Job 2, 11 through 12. Job's friends heard about all the troubles that had come upon him. They set out from their homes to meet together by agreement to go and sympathize with him and comfort him. This when they saw a him from a distance, they could hardly recognize him. They began to weep aloud. They tore their robes, sprinkled dust on their heads, and they sat on the ground with him for seven days and seven nights. No one said a word to him because they saw how great his suffering was. Now, this is the part of the story where I absolutely love Job's friends. They see that Job has lost all of his wealth. He's lost his family. He's lost uh, everything that he would probably put his foundation on in life. And they go and they just this sit with him. This is a demonstration of Wirecast. They see that he's suffering and they just go and they decide we're going to be present with Job. And I love that. And we're going to talk a little bit about that later on. But I want to keep moving for the sake of time. The second section, Job's friends have brought into the idea that if you are having a good life, it means that you are a good person. And if you are having a bad life, you are a bad person or an evil person or there is sin in this your life. This is a demonstration this of This was the thought cast. at the time. This was the general ethos uh, at that time was that if you had blessings, your life was going well, you were a rich person. That obviously meant that you were blessed by God and ultimately you were a good person doing good things. And if you were an evil person, you were doing bad things and that meant that you weren't going to have wealth, you weren't going to have good things happen to you, you weren't going to have a healthy family. And this was the idea, this was the belief that Job's friends are approaching him from at this point of the story. And the next 30 chapters this are pretty is a demonstration dense of, of Job and his friends going back and forth to one another. We're going to read just a little bit of it. But Job's friends come to him, and after sitting with him for seven days and just suffering alongside him, they start to accuse him of doing things incorrectly. And this is where we're picking up the story. Uh, Job in verse 20, or chapter 27, verses 1 through 6, it says this, and Job continued his discourse. As surely as God lives, who has denied me justice? The this Almighty who has made my life of Wirecast. As long as I live, I have life within me, the breath of God in my nostrils. My lips will not say anything wicked, and my tongue will not utter lies. I will never admit you are in the right till I die. I will not deny my integrity. I will maintain my innocence and never let go of it. My conscience will not reproach me as long as I live. So Job understands that he is a righteous man. He understands that he's walking with God faithfully. When his friends come to him and they accuse him of doing wicked things, they accuse him of having unrepentant sin in his life, he defends himself 
And it's interesting because if we look in Job 22, 5 through 11, uh, we'll read a section of it here, starting in verse uh, 10, it says this. That is why snares are all around you, why this sudden is peril terrifies of Wirecast. why it is so dark you cannot see, and why a flood of water covers you. His friends are telling him, Job, the reason why these bad things are happening to you are obviously because you've messed up. And Job and his friends go back and forth for about 30 chapters discussing, hey, you've done these things wrong. And Job goes back and he says, no, I'm totally innocent. I I haven't done the things you've accused me of. And I have the temptation with God to have the same mindset as Job. This is a demonstration of Wirecast. When I see suffering happening in this world, I have a tendency to think, okay, what have I done wrong to cause this? When people in my life get sick or pass away, I have this guttural instinct to think of myself and, okay, what's wrong in my life? What have I done to make this happen? But Job's friends continue to accuse him of doing these things, and he continues to assert his innocence. And finally, we get to this point where Job lashes out at God. Even today, my complaint is bitter. His hand, meaning God's hand, is heavy in spite of my groaning. If only I knew where to find him. If only I could go to his dwelling. If only I could state my case before him and fill my mouth with arguments. I would find out what he would answer me and consider what he would say to me. Would he vigorously oppose me? This no, is a demonstration of Wirecast. There the upright can establish their innocence before him, and there I would be delivered forever from my judge. But if I go to the east, he is not there. If I go to the west, I do not find him. Where he is at, uh, where he is at work in the north, I do not see him. And when he turns to the south, I do not catch a glimpse of him. Job is essentially in a place of despair. Not only has he lost all of his health, he's lost all of his wealth. This his friends come and they start of accusing Wirecast. him of things, right? Who wants a friend like that? His friends start to say, hey, you're messing up. You're doing things wrong because that is obviously how the world works. And Job gets to this point where he lashes out at God and he says, well, if only I knew where he lived. If only I could get there, I would give him a piece of my mind. If only I knew where God was residing right now, I could have an argument with him and he could this tell me some things, but I would certainly of Wirecast. tell him some things. And what I find really interesting in this story is uh, at the end of the story, God actually does show up to Job. And we're going to read just a small section of it um, because I think it's really interesting. But we as readers at this point in the story have all kinds of questions. Why is Job suffering? Why was he singled out in the first place? Why are these bad this things seemingly happening to a good Wirecast. person? Why is this suffering happening to such a uh, terrible extent? And when we look at the story of Job, we come to it with all of these questions, but I think it's really interesting God's response to Job. He says this, Then the Lord spoke to Job out of the storm. He said, Who is this that obscures my plans with words without knowledge? Brace yourself like a man, and I will question you, and you shall answer me. This is a demonstration of Wirecast. Tell me, if you understand, who marked off its dimensions? Surely you know. Who stretched a measuring line across it? On where is the footing set and who laid its cornerstone? And God goes on for two chapters with questions like these aimed at Job, just one after another, asking Job, does he understand this? Can he do these things? How much of an understanding do you have? This and as is someone who's dealing with suffering, Wirecast. I'm sure Job absolutely loved it. I'm sure Job looked at God in the midst of all of his suffering and pain, and he was just so thankful that God pointed out his lack of wisdom, his lack of ability, his lack of understanding. And as I come to this text, I look at God and I say, what in the world are you doing here, God? 
Because if I'm trying to understand the, the suffering that happens in the world around me, if I'm trying to understand what, why on earth good people seem to experience terrible things, this and then is a demonstration your response to Job seems almost in a way uh, uncaring, it seems almost calloused or cold, what, what is happening here? And I think what's important to understand here is that God is God. And he understands what is best for each and every one of us. So as he responds to Job here, he wants to make sure that Job understands who is in control of the universe. This is a demonstration he asks of why there at the lane of the foundations, who placed the cornerstone. And he wants Job to understand that God has an understanding, God has knowledge, God has a perspective that is so far above and beyond anything that a human is even capable of understanding that we should be humbled by the fact that God loves us. And God's wisdom and knowledge so much surpasses our own that when we think that we have the ability to this look at God and to question Him and to say, God, how dare you do these things? He wants us to remember who God is. Because we come at the problems of life oftentimes with our intellect. We're looking at suffering and pain in the world and we're thinking, okay, I'm going to reason my way through this. I'm going to look at these situations and I'm going to decide, well, as Job's friends did, if I just think hard enough, we can figure out why bad things happen. This is a demonstration of why But God's message to Job is clear. Even your limited understanding of the world and creation is not enough to know the simplest minute details of creation. It's not enough to uh, understand the complete fullness and largeness of creation. But your intellect is not necessary for your submission to God. And that is the message that God is trying to communicate to Job here. This is a demonstration of why That is the message that he wants him to understand. Job, I, I don't need you to understand why all these things are happening. I don't need you to understand why uh, all of the way that the world works works the way that it works and how I decided to lay each individual part of the foundations of the world and the, the grand scheme of everything. That's my job because I am God. Your job is to simply submit and follow me. This is a demonstration of Wirecast. He wants to remind Job who God is and who man is. And I want us to take a look just at some um, reaffirming words from Job at the end of this questioning. Because Job understands what God is trying to communicate to him here. He says this, Job 42, 1 through 6. Job replied to the Lord, I know that you can do all things. No purposes of yours can be thwarted. You asked me, who is this that obscures my plans without knowledge? Surely I spoke this of things This is a I demonstration of Wirecast. Things too wonderful for me to know. You said, listen now, and I will speak. I will question you, and you shall answer me. My ears had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. Therefore, I despise myself and I repent in dust and ashes. Job understands what God is trying to communicate. And unfortunately for me, the lessons that are learned in the book of Job this are not necessarily This is a demonstration easy. of Wirecast. Next week, we're going to be understanding and looking at the New Testament and trying to understand Job in light of Jesus and who he was and how he suffered. But for this week, I just want to sit in some truths that the book of Job communicates to us. First, suffering exists in the world. Period. This is a demonstration Next of why we're going to be talking about sin and how suffering actually came to be in the world. But one truth that we have to sit in as humans is just suffering exists in the world. The second truth from the book of Job that we can pull out of it is this righteous people are not spared from suffering. 
Righteous people are not spared from suffering. In fact, the next week when we look at the New Testament, this there are actually passages of that uh, point us to the fact that if we follow God, if we follow Jesus, we should expect tribulations in our life. The third lesson that I think we need to draw from the book of Job is that we need to establish our foundation on God, the foundation of who we are, our identity, where we find our hope, where we find our joy needs to be placed in God and not in our wealth and our health. This is a demonstration because of Because those are things that are really easy for Satan to take away from us. And the last, and I think maybe the main point of what God is trying to teach Job in this story, understanding God's purposes are not a prerequisite to faithfulness to God. And this is the hard one for me. Because I love the passages in the Bible where it talks about God this taking care of the servants. This is a demonstration of wirecast. Uh, the passages in the Bible that talk about how much God loves us and how much God cares for us and how much God just wants to see us succeed. I love those kinds of passages in the Bible. But here in the story of Job, God does not offer Job this uh, rose-colored glasses about suffering He says there is suffering and pain in this world. But suffering and pain and understanding it all is not a prerequisite for following me. This is a demonstration of Wirecast. You can still follow me even if you have questions. You can still follow me when you're in the midst of suffering even if you don't understand why it's happening. You can still follow me in the midst of all the things that are happening in your life, even when you are so lost and don't know what to do. This is the message God is trying to communicate to Job. And I want to take the remainder of our time together this morning just to talk about how we should live differently in light this of the story of This is a demonstration of, of Wirecast. How should we live differently because of Job's story? First, we need to establish a foundation. For many of us, it's really tempting for us to make our foundation on things that are easily breakable. We need to remember who God is and make that our foundation. Because if the truth is that suffering is a a reality in this world, and our foundation is in our wealth and our health, then when suffering happens, we're going to try to rely on our wealth and our health to take care of us. We're going to try to rely on our ability to provide. We're going to try to rely on our, the health of our family. We're going to try to rely on the things that are very easily taken away from us. And when we are in the midst of suffering, if our foundation is not in God alone, we're going to be in sorry shape. This is a demonstration of Wirecast. Secondly, we need to remember to lament and grieve in the midst of suffering. At no point in God's questioning of Job does he reprimand Job for lamenting. At no point in his reprimand of Job does he go and say, Job, you're not supposed to feel angry. You're not supposed to feel upset. You're not supposed to feel confused. What God says to Job is that you're not supposed to say things about me that aren't true. This is a demonstration of Wirecast. So in the midst of our suffering, I would encourage you guys to remember to lament and to grieve as a part of that process. And I would add, for us as a church, we should practice grieving with others well. Job's friends at the beginning of this story, they sit with him for seven whole days and they do nothing but just sit with him. They do nothing but just sit and probably cry, sit this and probably just embrace him. of Wirecast. All they do is focus for seven days just to sit and be there with their friend. So the third thing is to be a good friend and to be a good spouse. In the midst of suffering, sit with your friends. In the midst of pain, sit with your spouse. 
And once we've sat with them, we can start to help them to have a biblical understanding of what suffering this is. This is a demonstration and, uh, of why Wirecast. Why in the world. Thirdly, we should follow Job's example and repent where we can. If there are areas of our life where we have uh, stated things about God that are not true, if there are areas of our life where we have gotten angry with God and lashed out at Him in ways that uh, are not healthy, are not ways that we are told to lament, then we should repent. This is a demonstration of Wirecast. And lastly, we need to trust that God is. I spoke earlier about the questions that we have in the midst of pain and suffering. I shared with you guys that I've had an anger with God because I have just been overwhelmed with the pain and suffering that we've experienced uh, over the last three and a half years in the world. And ultimately, when we come to the this story is a demonstration of Job, I would of love Wirecast. to give you the answer that, hey, suffering only happens to bad people, right? <laughs> that is something I can wrap my head around. I would love to give you the answer that uh, suffering is something that uh, you know, only happens like once every 10 years or so. Don't worry about it too much until it gets around. But the story of Job makes it pretty clear that suffering will happen and that ultimately our obedience this is and our a demonstration God of Wirecast. is still expected in the midst of it. It doesn't make it easy. That doesn't make it something that is just naturally easy for us to do. But it is God's response to us when we are in pain and we are in suffering. He knows that the best thing for us in the midst of it is to be faithful to Him. He knows that in the midst of our suffering, the best thing for us is that we have our foundation firmly placed. This is a demonstration of Wirecast. Ultimately, I believe that's what the story of Job is trying to teach us. We're not going to be able to reason suffering. Now, next week, we're going to be talking about a biblical perspective of how suffering entered the world, how sin impacted the world so much that suffering became a reality. We're going to be talking about how the New Testament picks up on this idea of a person who suffered, who was righteous. I don't know if that rings a bell. Hopefully it does. This is a demonstration but for this week, of I want Wirecast. Us just to sit in this reality. Sit in the humility of understanding that God is God and that we are man. And that in the midst of suffering, God wants us to trust Him fully, even if we don't understand it. He wants us to submit to him fully, even if we are in the midst of grieving and pain and our anger. So if you can call it a solution, that's been my process over the last several this weeks. This is a demonstration of Wirecast. I've been working hard to submit to God in the midst of my anger. I've been working very hard to trust him over trying to reason with him. I've been working really hard in the midst of seeing the pain and suffering in the world around us to trust God. Now next week, I promise we're going to talk about hope. I promise we're going to talk this about the reality of, who Jesus of Wirecast. Is and what he did for us and why we can rely on him. But we can't really have that conversation unless we've first sat in this truth that pain and suffering is real. Pain and suffering is something that is expected. Pain and suffering is something that we're going to face here on earth. And in the midst of that, friends, I would encourage you guys to have a foundation that allows you to trust in God in the midst of it. That allows you to say, this it's is okay a demonstration if I don't fully understand, but I'm still going to trust God. Because that is the story of Job. Uh, I'm going to invite the band up to close us in song. Um, I would encourage you guys to read through the book of Job. Over the next week, it's uh, about 42 chapters. You can sit down uh, and reasonably over this next week, read through it. And I would encourage you guys to start to ask the questions that I was starting to ask at the beginning of this process for myself.
God, why, Job? This is a demonstration of why. God, why so much suffering? God, why is this happening to someone who is following you so well? God, why is her, his friends uh, so good at the beginning and so terrible at the end? God, why? God, why? I would invite you to ask these questions and start to explore that for yourself as you read through this book. Uh, and next week, we're going to be talking about hope. Everybody say hope. Because Jesus Christ gives us hope in the midst of our suffering. This is a demonstration and next of Wirecast. We're going to be looking at that New Testament perspective. We're going to be understanding how the book of Job helps us to understand the New Testament a little bit more richly, a little bit more uh, fully. But my friends, remember that in the midst of our suffering, in the midst of our confusion, in the midst of the craziness that seems to happen in the world around us, God's expectation of us is trust and submission. And that can be really difficult. So I would encourage us as a church to help each other this do that. This is well. a demonstration uh, of Wirecast. Uh, the band is going to play a song for us. And then uh, if you are one of my leaders for B- VBS, uh, we're going to be meeting right here uh, in the auditorium after church. Uh, so we'll meet right up here in the first couple rows after the song and after we dismiss. So uh, let's pray and then I'll invite you to stand and sing with us. Dear Lord, we... Uh, We come to you this morning challenged by a book that is difficult for me to fully grasp. This challenged is a demonstration by of Wirecast. A story of a servant of yours experiencing pain and suffering. And Father, I just want to be honest. I've been angry. I've been angry that the suffering in the world isn't easily understood. The suffering in the world is not something that I can uh, easily comprehend. I I can't fully wrap my mind around it. But Father, help me to trust you in the midst of that suffering. This is a demonstration of Wirecast. Help me uh, to be a good minister to those who are suffering. And Father, as we look at the example of Job, help us to recognize who you are and who we are in relationship to you. Father, as we look forward to Jesus next week, we thank you for who he is and what he did for us and the hope that we have to live for beyond the suffering here on this earth. But Father, we love you, we thank you, and it's in your son's name we pray.